Hey everyone, I am Zach at FF Troopa Batman. This is Triple Play Fantasy, and this is Beyond the Analyst interview series. I'm joined tonight by the great Drew Davenport. For those of you that don't know Drew, uh, you should, but if you don't, uh, he's a writer for Football Guys, host of the Auction Brief Podcast. He is the 2020 and 2021 Kings Classic Auction Champion, and he is a practicing criminal defense attorney. So if you did not tune in to the first season of Beyond the Analyst series last year, you can still check out those. There's 30 great interviews um, all last season on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. If you're not watching on there right now, go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. But this is not about fantasy football per se. So Drew uh, creates content for fantasy football, but we're not here to talk to him about his 2023 sleepers or anything like that. It's more to get to know more about Drew. We're going beyond the analyst. So how are you doing tonight, Drew? Fantastic. We're off to a good start. You call me the great Drew Davenport. So <laughs> I don't know if we can go up from there, but we'll see what we can do. We'll try our best. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on. And I mean, we'll start off with a with a simple one to get to know you. But how did you start playing fantasy football? Well, that was a real long time ago. Believe it or not, it feels a little bit full circle because I started uh, playing in, in these salary cap leagues where it was just, um, uh, you know, you have 80 million and you have to spend it on your roster. And the ba- that was back in the day when they were doing, like if a guy had a good week, his price went up, but he stayed on your team for the original price. So you could try to grow your roster like value over the season. Anyway, um, I only got into it because I had a buddy in law school that was into it. And he said, hey, check this out. I played the first year, got addicted. Because, of course, uh, I, don't, I, I think every single person I've ever talked to starts playing fantasy and they have a good year their first year or something super fun it's like going out like hey i went golfing today i got a birdie and you're like what like how'd you do that like you're gonna play golf for the rest of your life now and i feel like that's the same thing with fantasy football that happened to me i my first team that i ever uh really had it was not an auction team believe it or not uh, although that's how i started playing um but it was my it was this the the year that the vikings had dante culpepper and randy moss and um, I ended up having Culpepper and Chris Carter and um, had Robert Smith. I was all in on that offense, and that offense went crazy. I uh, also had Eddie George the year. He had like four bazillion carries and had like 20 touchdowns or whatever. Anyway, so long story short, I I fell in love with it immediately. And not long after that, I got invited to a real league. That was just like with a bunch of random people. Got invited to a real league, and it was auctioned, and it was on. That was back in uh, 98, I think. That's awesome. And you mentioned uh, auction a few times. I mean, you are the host of the Auction Brief Podcast and you have a series for football guys. So why do you prefer auction drafts? I'm sitting in front, sitting in front of my logo. Well, I tell you what, um, I just, there's some very simple answers I give, but it's, it, it is more complicated than that. I feel like I say these same things all the time. However, they're very true. I really believe that if you think that you are a knowledgeable fantasy player and you think you have an edge over your competition, now I'm not talking about being in an analyst league with 1,100 analysts who know what they're doing. Like that is, it's still hard. It's it's hard to win in an auction room with 11 sharks. But having said that, if you feel like, hey, I, I'm in this home league and and um, and and I know more than all these guys, you should want to play auction because it rewards the more knowledgeable players. It rewards the guys who know so much guys and girls who know so much that in the moment they can shift and do things because of their knowledge and their preparation. 
So I feel like it's always uh, rewarded the better players. But on top of that, I just I get frustrated with snake drafts because I feel real locked into value. And maybe this is my problem, but I feel locked into like, okay, it's the fourth round. Why is this guy still sitting here? I have to take him. And then I never liked that guy. And he always ends up sucking. Like, what great value in the fourth round. And then I never played him because he sucked. But I feel shoehorned into a a certain group of players that I'm going to get. And I don't. I just don't like that. I don't like that feeling. I don't, it's never worked out for me. And maybe it's too small of a sample size because I don't play a lot of snakes. But I just always feel like if I want my guys, I can go get them. This year, it didn't work out so well. My guys weren't great this year. But a lot of years, it works in my favor. I can just go get my guys, and I can I can be more successful that way. Well, that makes sense. I'm ashamed to say I've never been in an auction draft. I've always wanted to try one. I know I need to do it sometime. Do it. Do it. Make sure it's for like five or 10 bucks so that people take it seriously. Cause a lot of people get into them and then they, they screw around in the draft and then it's not a real auction. Like you're, you're, you end up with people spending all their money for three players and then they quit. Um, so yeah, make sure there's uh, some skin in the game, but obviously if you want to get into one, I uh, might know some people. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll reach out. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I do like the, the concept of strategy, especially with drafting. Um, so it makes a lot of sense, and it does seem like a lot of fun. It is so much fun. And that, that's the last thing I would say uh, before you move on. It's so much fun. And I, I always say it like this. like So you know like when the pick's coming to you in the second round, and it's like three picks away, and you're kind of getting excited. You're like, all right, these pool of guys. I hope this guy falls. You get kind of pumped up. Then you get to go up and make your pick and you get that little rush and then you write down your player and you're like, that little fun part of the draft, you only get that once around and then you sit around for a half hour. You feel that way, that little surge of excitement for the entire auction. The entire thing's that way. You get this like, just like adrenaline and just, it's just the entire thing is so much fun. I promise you've never had that much fun in a fantasy draft till you try it. Well, you sold me. I will definitely do an auction sometime this yeah. off season. I promise. <laughs> just get just get in there with some other beginners and mix it up and try some things. And then all of a sudden you'll get done. You'll be like, well, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. And then you'll pretty soon you'll be hooked. Yeah, next off season, I'll be on like five auction drafts. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm, I'm addicted hey, again. <laughs> one person at a time. I'm trying to convert them one person at a time. Perfect. And you did mention fun. So it's a perfect segue. So like I said, you are a practicing criminal defense attorney. Um, right. But when you aren't working, what are you doing for fun besides anything fantasy football related? Well, so my personal hobbies, uh, you know, I hang out with my family a lot. So that's part of the fun that I have is hanging out. With my, I got two little kids and, you know, a fun wife. But uh, beyond that, uh, personal things that I like to do. Uh, I used to be a huge gamer, but I can't do it anymore. I don't have the time. So um, I would put that lower on the list, although I still enjoy it. Um, So mostly I play a lot of poker because I can also earn a small income doing that as well. So it's something I enjoy. It's something I can really zone out. I just put my headphones in and I like to go to a casino where they do all the work and they do all the dealing and they tell people when it's their turn and I can just zone out, listen to music and, and play poker. That's, that's a bit of a vacation for somebody with an eight, eight year old, a six year old, three jobs and a puppy. So that, that it's nice to sit at a table and just stare off into the distance. So that's one thing I really like to do. Uh, and because I'm home all the time, I'm a connoisseur of movies and TV like everybody is these days, but I love, you know, binging shows and stuff like that, but I also really like to read. So I've had to cut down on all of those things a little bit since I've had kids and whatnot, but 
I one combination of those three things, playing poker, uh, you know, binging shows or, or reading. Those are those are what I like to do for fun um, on my own when I'm not hanging out with the family. Sounds great. And do you have a favorite type of poker style you like to play? Oh, yeah. I only play one kind. I play no limit and hold them. So I I have dabbled in some of the other kinds, but they're just not for me. Uh, I learned I learned how to play playing no limit hold'em, and that's all I stick to now. Because frankly, I'm just not very good at the other stuff like limit poker. I don't like it's all about math and limit poker, and it's a little bit boring to me. I've tried Omaha, but uh, my brain doesn't work very well with Omaha, and I feel like when I sit there and no limit hold'em, I, I'm always like trying to fade somebody drawing on me. And it feels like Omaha is like no limit hold'em on crack for draws. So it's like somebody's always drawing at you. And I just, I, I ugh, ugh, gives me the willies. Can't do it. <laughs> I got you. And this is an evergreen uh, interview. So I don't know when anyone's going to be listening to it specifically, but do you have like one book recommendation and maybe one movie or TV recommendation that you're enjoying right now? Oh, wow. That is, that's tough. So um, TV, I, I, the show that has blown me away in the past couple of years, there's really two of them off the top of my head. Uh, Only Murders in the Building with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. I didn't think it would be my thing. I thought, like, who are these? These guys are old. Are they really my sense of humor anymore? But that is a brilliantly written show. Uh, but Yellowstone's the other one I'm really into. Absolutely check that out. It's, it's pretty nuts. I, I won't say a whole lot about it, but it's pretty nuts. I, I love that show. One of my favorite shows in the last, Gosh, really since Breaking Bad, it's one of my top top shows. Um, how about a book? Well, I really get into – so I have to have something that I'm reading that's sort of um, educational at the same time I have like a pleasure book because I'll just quit on the educational one if that's all I'm reading, and then I just won't read. So I got to have two. And uh, so I usually am reading something about the Civil War uh, for educational purposes because I enjoy that kind of thing as well and then i'm reading something cheesy like a spy novel or something like that but i'd say my favorite books of all time besides the harry potter series i'm a huge harry potter fan uh but the stephen king dark tower series is a book that literally i think changed my life like it, it was the themes in it were so um right up my alley just about fate and whether or not we're predetermined to go a certain way and, and live a certain life and what it means to you know, to love and be alive, but also to have fate and free will at the same time. And um, that seven book series by Stephen King is some of the best writing I've ever read, uh, uh, read uh, fiction wise. I love those, all those uh, recommendations. So I appreciate it. And I'll have to check some of those out. You bet. And uh, what knowledge or skills from practicing law for the last 20 plus years has helped you be a better at playing fantasy football or maybe just creating content? Well, creating content. I mean, we're on we're on minute eleven, and uh, we're on like question three because I run my mouth a lot. So th that helps with creating content. I speak for a living, and I speak off the cuff for a living. So extemporaneous, you know, uh, argument and things like that is what I do every day. So it makes it a lot easier to come on shows, talk, and and feel like I'm actually communicating something. Uh, I I used to get really nervous, but that was kind of how it was at the beginning with law too. So um, that, that is a big part of it. Um, I think the other thing too is critical thinking because I really believe that a lot of fantasy football, we spend a lot of time with player evaluation 
And that's great because absolutely that's a huge part of it. But I think that we tend to look past some of the edges we can get in other areas of playing the game itself. And so if uh, if you've ever listened to a show, what I talk a lot about uh, on my podcast is fantasy football theory about how we play the game and about how we can get edges in other ways. And that, you know, at first that may sound like it's a little bit like, oh, what are you doing, you know, adding and dropping players Sunday morning so nobody can add people. Like, I'm not talking about weird stuff like that. I'm talking about, like, I don't think that we pay enough attention to some of the things that we do that maybe aren't positive expected value. And that's a poker thing that I harp on all the time. But I think there are things we do that are just suboptimal. And so I think that the crossover from my job is the critical thinking skills that I have to use every day when I'm analyzing a police report or trying to figure out if somebody's lying to me or stuff like that. I, I, I definitely use that when I think about the game of fantasy football. Uh, That's great. I do find it fascinating. I really do enjoy all of your threads when we, I mean, it's not great when you have to have a thread because that means somebody did something they probably shouldn't have done, Uh, (laughs) but you do put a lot of great information in there to help us from a fantasy standpoint Uh, because you're very, I want to say cut and dry, but you just stick to the facts of here's what happened. Here's what we know. And, Here's what may or may not happen. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I try. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> no problem. So you've been doing this for a few years now from a, a content creation standpoint. There's always a lot of new content creators. It feels like every off season, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger, which is very exciting. Or there might even be some people listening to this that are thinking about um, getting into the fantasy space for the first time. Do you have any advice for for those content creators that are just starting out for the first time? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm going to steal something. And I believe it was um, Liz Loza, I believe, who said it to me. And she said, and I'm sorry if it wasn't her, but I think it was. I'm trying to attribute it to the right person. But she said that she had a content schedule. And I found that during the summer, like right now, it doesn't matter as much because people aren't as dialed in and the numbers are way down. We all know that. But I think when it comes to April, May, when you start ramping up content, you absolutely have to, you got to keep yourself accountable, I guess is the best way to say it. Because you can say, oh, well, I want to do this or I want to do that. But if if you don't put it down in writing and if you don't put yourself on some sort of a, um, you know, some sort of a lane with bumpers on the side, then you really won't make it happen. Because you have to tell yourself that I've got this thing I need done and this thing I need done. And now content creators, I mean, it, it is difficult. You've got YouTube, you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok, you've got Twitter, you've got like, there's so many podcasts, there's so many things that you're supposed to be doing as a content creator. It can be hard. You spread yourself out and you're trying to do it all and you're doing none of it well. So I would say focus on a couple of things that you do well. You know, I do my podcast, I do Twitter. I really hammer those hard. I do a dabble in TikTok, that's about it. And I dabble in YouTube, but I can't do all of them. So focus on a couple of things you think you're good at, first of all. And second of all, create a schedule for when you're going to create for those things and then be consistent. It's not just like, hey, create the schedule. It's stick to that schedule. People expect that content on that day. If they know from May, middle of May to end of August, they're getting an auction brief episode every Thursday, they're going to tune in for that. But if they're like, oh, he didn't do one this week, or oh, he did it on Monday, they're not even going to remember. They're not going to care about you. There are too many people, and you alluded to that at the beginning. There's too many people doing stuff right now for you to not be accountable. 
So, you know, make a schedule, stick to it, be accountable and focus on a couple of things that you think you can do well. I love that advice. I think it's great. Uh, perfect advice for, for someone starting out. And honestly, for anyone that's actually been doing it for a couple of years, they can oh, go to campus as well. Yeah. Go uh, to absolutely for the, the expo. I would love to uh, do, the but. networking is off the charts. I mean, you know, it, there are so many people there and you know, that's how you make connections and people think, Oh, I want to, maybe we're going to give that guy a call and see if he wants to do a show. So. Absolutely. I get FOMO every August when I see everybody. Where do you live? I'm down in Florida. Oh, but that's a tough call. It's the start of the school year and I have a, okay. a six year old. He'll be going to first grade for this next one. So it's just, it's a tough time to convince my wife to be like, yeah, I'm going to leave you with the kids. Good luck. I'm going to have fun for a yeah. couple of days. Well, maybe maybe is. one day I'll convince them to make a vacation out of it. It is hard. You'd have to fly <laughs> yeah. all the way up and fly into Cleveland and rent a car to get down to Canton. And it's a pain. I, I got a three and a half hour drive. It's easy for me. So, yeah, but it sounds amazing. looks amazing. So, yes, if you're able yeah. to go, absolutely. Definitely go to the, the expo every August. It's like second week of August every year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so with that, that was the last of my, we'll call it the, uh, the professional questions. Um, I do have some rapid fire questions if you're game. For sure. Hit me with it. All right. Rapid fire questions. All right. So I try to theme these to our guest each uh, episode. So as I said, Drew is is an attorney. So uh, we're going with a guilty or not guilty. So I'm going to give give Drew a statement here. And you're going to tell me whether this person should be guilty. So they're doing something wrong or they're not guilty. We'll call them innocent and, and everything's a-okay. They're not going to jail. So for the first right. one, pineapple on a pizza, guilty or not guilty? Straight to jail. Guilty. <laughs> I got to, I got to, there, there's a caveat here. I don't really love pineapple in general. Like I'll eat it. It's fine. I don't care, but I just don't care about it. I love pizza. And when you throw the two together, it ruins it for me. So guilty on the pineapple. Straight to jail. I love it. All I'm right. Sorry. Catch up on a hot dog. Not guilty. I, I do it. I know it's, again, I know it's bad. Like, I think that every answer I'm probably going to give you is going to be like the least cultured answer possible, but that's just kind of how I do things. Like I, like I like pepperoni on a pizza and I like ketchup on a hot dog. I know that's uh, wrong, but I like it. No, I like ketchup on a hot dog too. So uh, th- ketchup and mustard, you know, go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so go the nuts. toilet, <laughs> yeah. the toilet paper roll under. Oh, guilty. That's brutal. I can't stand it. If I'm in, if one of my kids puts it in wrong I and I'm in there, I just flip it around. I can't, I can't deal. <laughs> I feel like this is, this is for the dads out there on this one, but uh, Crocs or flip flops with socks on. Guilty. Can't do it. I, I, there are some things that as I'm getting older, I'm saying, I don't care about as much, uh, but there are some things I won't give on. And yeah, there are just some looks that you can't, you know, the black shoes with the tennis or the black, you know, dress socks with tennis shoes like, eh, you know, eh. there are things I can't bend on, even though I am turning 47 in a couple months. <laughs> so far, I, I agree with, with everything you said. So we're okay. going we're doing well. Uh, last right, one. We're going to do a little fantasy related for the last one. Playing with kickers and fantasy football. Not guilty. I, I think they're fine. I've always said this about kickers. I agree that it's a little bit frustrating and can be frustrating. Like when you're drafting a kicker, a lot of times, like for people who drafted Justin Tucker last year, you know, he didn't do that great. Actually, I think two years in a row, Tucker hasn't been 
uh, a top five fantasy kicker. So I understand that there's a little bit of difficulty drafting a guy, but I think by week four, you can pick up a guy that's going to be good the rest of the year because you start to see what offenses are producing field goals, what, uh, you know, what defensive matchups there's, you know, you get into a season, like you could stream kickers almost based off, like just look at the top five teams that give up fantasy points to kickers. And it's, it's pretty predictable when you get into the season. Now I'm not saying that's from the draft, but well, you really like I could follow the Detroit Lions around last year and people just kick scads of field goals. So every week I was like, is a person who's playing the Lions out there? So I still the reason I'm saying all this is I still believe there's a little bit of an edge for people who want to, you know, to care about it. So if you feel like, hey, I'm going to spend 20 minutes every week looking at the kicker matchups, I think there's an edge there. So I, I like playing with them still. I do have leagues where we don't have them. And I like that too. So I'm totally cool either way. I oh, love that answer. I'm, I'm the same way. The league I commission, we don't have kickers, but I'm not anti-kicker. There's plenty of leagues I play with kicker, and I do like having that strategy of uh, getting a little edge on that that kicker battle. So yeah, even if it's a point, who cares? That's a point that that because I want to do the work, and somebody else may not. Give me an extra point a week. I'm down. Let's do it. Absolutely. And uh, so that was the last of my uh, rapid fire questions. I, I feel like I. I agreed with all of your your judgments, so I might need to. Hopefully, I don't ever need to hire you because that would mean I did something where I'm in trouble. But no. uh, but I will give you a call if I, if I need some judgment. Yeah, well, hey, I hope you don't need <laughs> me either. And like you said, when people get in trouble, uh, that's when I get to shine. Unfortunately, but we're going into that season because the next few months, when they're not at OTAs, uh, that's when things happen. So it's going to be interesting. And Uh-oh, speaking of you. all that, no, I got you back. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of all that, so now that we're at the at the end, can you let everyone know where they can find you and, and all that great content you're putting out? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, find me on Twitter at Drew Davenport FF. And the thing that I really is my baby is my show, uh, the Auction Brief Podcast. You can find that anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, just search that name and that's it's just a bit of a different show i know everybody thinks that their own show is different and i'm probably you know like uh like the teacher in peanuts wah, 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 wah. but i do i do think it is a little different uh i do law stuff i talk a little bit about life and life lessons and mixed with some fantasy football theory and then of course we hit the auction stuff hard in uh june uh june july and august so i'll be having a show coming out before too long with the winner of the first auction brief listener league so uh, we'll be talking about lessons from the season. That'll be coming out in about two weeks. Awesome. So definitely check that out, guys. Uh, thank you again, Drew, for coming on. So this is Beyond the Analyst Interview Series, part of Triple Play Fantasy. We are part of the um, Fantasy Points Media Group. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, really subscribe to the channel. It's the best way to not miss any content. We cover all the major sports. We have baseball, basketball, and football all season. They're always going on. So We got you covered at Triple Play Fantasy. And thanks again, Drew. And have a great one, everyone out there. And we'll see you for the next interview.